Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast for expats with traveling partners. My name is Rhoda Bangata. I'm a certified coach and the author of the book, Holding the Fort Abroad. In this podcast, I interview men and women who live abroad and have traveling partners so that we can all benefit from their wisdom and experience. I also invite relationship experts to apply their expertise to this topic. Today, my guest is Carrie Byrne. Carrie is a researcher, collaborator, and entrepreneur in aging, care, and connection. She is the founder of The Long Distance Grandparent, a mission-driven business helping grandparents build strong bonds with their grandchildren, no matter the distance between. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rhoda. Just delighted to be here. I'm very excited about this conversation. You have a membership for long-distance grandparents. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you came to do it? Sure. So as you mentioned in the intro, I'm a researcher. So I've been a research scientist in the area of aging and care for over 20 years. And so I've always known that the relationship between generations is important, and especially the relationship between grandparents and grandchildren uh, for all kinds of reasons. When I became a mother, I always say that I birthed six long distance grandparents. <laughs> so yes. we had four, four grandparents, two honorary grands, and things just changed. Uh, so I was able, so we were at a distance from the moment that my son was born. And then when he was about two, we got transferred to Dubai. And so we became kind of the ultra long distance from our, can- our family in Canada because uh, I'm from Canada, my husband is from England, and so his parents are in England, our relatives are here in Canada, and they had developed, uh, all of them, such a sweet and lovely relationship with my son, I only had one at the time, I just remember thinking, in particular, walking away from my dad at the airport, you know, I had left my father many times and traveled in my life, but I had never left him with you know, a grandchild strapped to me. We can all relate to this being at the airport with the child in a carrier and saying goodbye and, you know, the finger puppets ready in your bag yes. <laughs> for that long flight. And I did have a moment where I thought, I'm not going to let this relationship suffer. And so we got to Dubai and found out, you know, we, I, I mean, I managed to keep them connected and I had a second child in Dubai. Uh, so my oldest is Finn and my youngest is Charlie. And probably about three months into having Charlie, um, I started to get a little bit stir crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maternity is not really my thing or maternity leave. And so I was at the beach in November and looking around the beach and there were so many grandparents there with their oh. grandchildren. And I started to call it grandparent season uh, because of course it's chokingly hot in Dubai uh, over the summer months. And then things are beautiful in November. And so people start to arrive. And I was part of, as I'm sure many listeners are, uh, an expat mom group. Yeah. That was fantastic. You know, really saved me when I first got to Dubai. Uh, and so I reached out and asked if any of the grandparents who were visiting would be willing to talk to me. And so I did something called the Grandparent Interview Project. And I started to talk to and just interview grandparents from all over the world uh, who were there visiting their grandchildren. And something that I heard over and over again was that they were worried about not being able to create and nurture a bond with their grandchild, that they wouldn't truly know their grandchild or their grandchild would not truly know them. They compared relationships that their friends had uh, with grandchildren who lived quite close by 
So there was a lot of sadness uh, around it and a lot of determination, frankly, to, to build that bond. And I knew that it was really possible. And so we got transferred to Houston uh, shortly thereafter. When we were in Houston is really where the idea started to take shape for the long distance grandparent. And just to test out the idea, would grandparents be interested uh, in practical ideas for staying connected. I'm a solution-focused researcher, a very applied um, healthcare scientist, and so I like to take evidence and put it into practice or put it into products. I started through the pandemic hearing from so many grandparents uh, who were at a distance, hearts breaking. They were either you know having to social distance from their grandchildren. They were missing that coveted summer visit with grandchildren. So in the summer, I think the first summer of the pandemic, I launched the Long Distance Grandparent Society. And so this is a membership program for long distance grandparents. And I call it a digital subscription box with support. Okay. I, originally, I originally thought of it that it would just be a digital subscription box so that I could include grandparents no matter where they lived. So they would receive a connection pack digitally every month with mail and you know, all kinds of ideas for how to connect virtual grand dates. And then when, when I first met with members, the welcome call for the founding kind of beta members, uh, we had such a lovely conversation. They said, can we do this every month? So now we have each month uh, grand Zoom chats, we call them. They've morphed into a one grand Zoom mingle a month as well, where they break out into rooms and talk about specific topics. Uh, and then I bring in a guest expert every month. And so it is it is flourishing and it's beautiful. And I think that I underestimated how much grandparents would want to network and socialize around their role as a grandparent, and especially from a distance, because of course, grandparenting from a distance is quite different. And so that's really the backstory uh, to all of it, but it is a thriving, beautiful group of really engaged grandparents from all over the world. Wow. So what kind of topics do they cover? Each month, I base the connection pack on a theme. And so, I mean, now I think I've got about 20 packs uh, in this portal. And so when grandparents join, they actually now get access to uh, this members only website uh, that holds all of these different packs of ideas. And so We've done everything from, you know, connecting with grandchildren through books, you know, through place, through belonging, kindness, tons of different values that, and, and also, you know, what grandparents share with me. So for example, they are all very interested in how to play together from a distance with their grandchildren. Uh, and so in May, I'll be releasing a pack that's all about digital play. So it's a very, it's a very collaborative effort. You know, I created the membership based on feedback from the early members and continue to seek feedback always uh, from members who are in it. But, you know, I find that if we have a topic that we focus on for the month and that kind of centers things and helps me in creating the packs as well. So they're all created based on evidence, though. So I'm not just, you know, sending you a picture of a dinosaur to send your grandchild. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I send mail and I call it mail that connects. And so I create, you know, each month snail mail for them to send to their grandchildren, because I think that the mailbox is a superpower place for grandparents. Very few people send our kids mail except for grandparents, uh, but then also ideas for, uh, for video chatting as well, different games to play, ways to get to know one another. Wow. Wow. This is so exciting. And it's really practical, isn't it? And it's geared towards connecting and to to building that relationship, right? Between the grandkid and the grandparents. It's all focused on nurturing the relationship. 
I always share that the number one secret to ground parenting from a distance, and I think to developing any kind of relationship with a child from a distance is to sweat the small stuff. So what I mean by this is just to remember the small details, you know, what they don't like on their pizza or they do like on their pizza or that they, I I don't know. I mean, there's just so many different tiny details uh, that you can remember about a child that lets them know, I know you, right? I know you and, and write it down. Like I give them a, a, cheat sheet (laughs) so that they can, of course, because some grandparents have multiple grandchildren. And so just remembering a friend that they mentioned so that when you're talking to them the next time, you you can ask them how playing with Holly at the park went, uh, as opposed to just saying, oh, you were at the park. I mean, really personalizing it uh, for them highlights to them that you're listening. That is fabulous. So do you rope the parents in to provide stuff or not? I work with the grandparents Mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, But of course, creating this relationship requires the parent to be there and to show up and engage as well. Um, And so we definitely talk a lot about how to make things easier for the parents, you know, how to just really ask them, how can I make this easier to stay connected? Am I doing anything that's making it harder? Like, am I calling, like, am I calling during, you know, chaotic dinner hour, or is that a good time to call? Because then the kids are expected to at least sit for, you know, three minutes uh, for that video chat. And it is certainly one of the uh, key pillars that I teach is, is around partnering with the parents. Okay. My brain is already going towards the parallels. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question for the traveling parent to ask the home-based parent is, am I, am I calling at a busy, you know, at the chaotic moment or am I, you know, what can I make, what can I do to make this relationship, you know, to nurture this relationship from your side. So I'm already sort of working on, on that parallel, but so, um, obviously you believe that a strong relationship, even at long distance is possible and that there are practical tools to, to make it happen. Right. Yes. I think that you, it requires, and this is for, I mean, my uh, husband travels as well. So I'm the one who's at home <laughs> trying to navigate the situation. We actually just moved back to Canada uh, in, in the summer. And that has its own host of challenges, certainly coming back to coming back to your home country. But we have the experience of keeping my kids connected uh, with dad who travels all over and dealing with the time differences and also dealing with, you know, that we are still living our life here. And, you know, daddy wants to talk at a certain time before he is popping out or getting those you know, getting those lovely uh, pictures of daddy out enjoying himself. Yes. <laughs> talking, talking to other adults when I haven't actually interacted with anybody over, you know, seven years old <laughs> uh, for the last week, short of a conversation in the schoolyard with other parents. But, you know, a lot of my own personal experience in keeping my kids connected to their grandparents and also to dad when he's gone. But what I will say is that I've also drawn on a lot of research. And so when I started the long distance grandparent, I suppose not surprisingly, because I'm a researcher, I kind of tucked into research about relationships and about long distance grandparenting, long distance families, about technology, about kids and attention span, you know, video chat. There's lots of great information out there about video chatting and what you can expect from children or not expect given their attention span. And so based on all of that, I created something called Your Grand Path to Connection. And this is a framework that I use, but I describe it as the five key pillars. And so this will apply whether you're a grandparent listening 
uh, or trying to keep your child connected to anybody who's at a distance, an auntie or an uncle uh, or mom or dad. And so the five pillars are plan, partner, prepare, play, and preserve. I can just briefly describe each one. I think that Thank it's you. really you know, quite important to have a plan. I talk to grandparents about, you know, what is their vision for this relationship? And it sounds a bit woo-woo, you know, what, but we create a grandparent vision statement in the membership because I think it's important to think about what kind of relationship do you want to have? And then what are you willing to do to have that relationship? So are you willing to mail something once a month and make sure that that gets into the mail? Are you willing to sit down every Saturday morning and you know, plan out that connection. I talk about having kind of a on a Saturday morning when maybe if the grands live close by or family live close by, you'd, you'd be preparing a big pancake breakfast for them or a Sunday roast. Take that time to work on the relationship and plan, you know, plan the relationship. Planning that can apply for a traveling parent too, right? And I remember when we did um we um did um, some sessions with Sharoya Ham, who's a parenting coach. And we were, my husband was in Kabul. I was in Switzerland and I think she was in the States. So we were on three different time zones, but we were all on one screen. And one of the things she asked us, uh, asked Olivier, my husband was, no, actually she asked both of us, but we did it uh, separately. But it was like, what, what was our dream for our child? What, what kind of relationship we wanted to have with our child as an adult and to sort of work towards that as we're uh, parenting. And um, I don't think anybody had ever asked us that question before. And so it was, and I, and I don't think my husband had ever had the opportunity to express it mm-hmm. as the traveling parent. So it was really, really powerful just to kind of think, okay, what, what kind of relationship do I want with my children now? What kind of relationship do I want my, with my children when they're adults? What am I dreaming for them? What kind of person, who do I want them to become? Those were all great, great questions. So that's plan. And and also just about the values that you want to share. And so I think that oftentimes, especially for grandparents, they really play a key role in sharing family values and also teaching grandchildren new things. And so uh, I think, you know, if you search family mission statement, you'll find, you know, lots of different templates that you can use and questions that you can ask as a family, uh, as a grandparent, you know, there's no, I mean, if you search grandparent vision statement, I'm probably going to come up because <laughs> yes. I think that, right, like that, you know, having, yeah, having a plan is really important. Uh, and then, and these are all related and overlap. So they're best almost thought of as a Venn diagram because they do overlap because the second pillar is partner for connection. And so of course, for grandparents, the key partner is the parents, uh, but there are other people that you can bring into the relationship. And I think that this applies for traveling parents as well. So I always say, bring the fun uncle, you know, onto a FaceTime chat and gather the family together from a distance. And so for grandparents, oftentimes they are the gatherers. They are the ones that bring people together. I encourage them that they can still be that person, you know, to bring everybody together, send prizes in the mail to everybody and play a game together. Um, and, and then of course that comes down to preparation, the third. So we've got plan partner and then prepare. And, you know, one of the things that I heard from, uh, grandparents is that they want more, you know, they'd like more time to video chat and see the grandchildren. And when I talked to parents, cause I did interviews uh, with grandparents and with parents 
to, to kind of get the feedback from parents. I mean, I have my perspective in doing this, uh, yeah. but I wanted to hear, hear from other parents and they would say that, you know, the grandparents want to chat and they get on the call and they've got, they don't really have anything to say. And that's really common with small children that as a parent, you're going to do something called scaffolding the conversation. And we've all done it. like, tell Nana what you did today at school or, uh, but you know, I kind of encourage them. Like if Nana showed up with some funny glasses, uh, if Nana was ready to play peekaboo or memory tray, you know, there are a multitude of games that work really well from a distance. I've, I have loads of them on my, uh, on my blog and website, but there are lots of things that you can do together from a distance that, you know, that you prepare. If they were coming to visit you, you might pick out their favorite foods. You know, you ask a ton of questions about what you should have there for that visit. You might pick up some crafts for them to do. I, I don't think it's different that when you spend this virtual time together, that's your, these are your moments together. And so that is really about the preparing piece and then play. I prepared a, a, an article sort of on um, connecting on video, video conversations with, with the traveling parent. Right. And um, at one point it was like, you can also use it as an opportunity to, you can role play to prepare for the conversation and use it as an opportunity to teach the child how to have a conversation because some yeah, children don't know how to have a conversation. So um, I'm just curious, though, what did you in your research, what did you find out in terms of um, ages and what you can expect on a video? Um, because you, you for the moment, you're doing children up to set five, seven. So the membership itself is for grandparents to grandchildren uh ages two to 10, what I share in this framework that I'm talking about works for all ages. Okay. You know, okay, okay. So, so I do have grandparents in the membership who've joined with babies, <laughs> with yeah. younger grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, and some of them, because they've been around now for almost two years, uh, their grandchildren are older than 10. And yeah. the basic, you know, the kind of basic premise does work. I think, so I read and I, as a researcher, it's hard to even say this because I still cannot find the original source, but that you can expect, you know, one minute of attention on a video call per year of life. Uh, now, if you, my argument though, is that if you prepare, uh, if you have something to play, then you can expect longer, yeah. you know, but you have to, it's like, you know, we, we are all like this. I mean, I, I do encourage grandparents or anyone not to take it personally. Like you can call a child and they can be not wanting to talk to you. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that mom just said no to having a second cookie. And, you know, you're having a family argument about, you know, turning off the TV or whatever it might be. And so we have to also be prepared to meet them where they're at. So you might show up with kind of the glasses and something fun to play and they have zero interest in it. But you, but you got to keep trying. We we all feel this way. Sometimes I don't pick up the phone because I don't feel like chatting. And I'm sure other people are like this as well, right? It's just a mood that you that you can be in. And so that's true if you are two, if you are 15, uh, or if you're 50. Yeah, yeah. And um, what would you say about um, that it's not waiting for the child to ask to talk to the grandparent or to be connected, but it's up to the grandparent to initiate the relationship. Yes. So a couple of things. I think that as parents, 
uh, that we need to, it's, it's sort of what you mentioned before, right, which is kind of teaching our kids about conversation, um, you know, making sure that grandparents are ever present in your day to day life, and that can be through photos of them in your home, bringing them into conversations. And so I'll often just talk about the grandparents around our house, <laughs> just so that we, especially when a visit is coming up, for sure, we kind of, you know, fast forward the conversations a lot around uh, my son is actually going to see uh, his oma in England, they leave today. And so, you know, we, we talk a lot about the family, everybody's names. <laughs> uh, so I think that parents have quite a huge role to play in this and to remember that, you know, a positive relationship with a grandparent is good for our kids developmentally, right? When they're adults. So adults who have a positive relationship with a grandparent, there's tons of studies around increased well-being, less depressive symptoms. I mean, this is good for our kids. And so by taking that time, and I know it's tough, I lived a life, we both work full time. Uh, we've got a seven-year-old and an almost four-year-old. It's very difficult to take that time. Uh, but I think also, yes, that grandparents need to not give up and to initiate. So, you know, whether that be, um, you know, sending a small, like a, you know, you can send a package snack in the mail, it depends on what country you're mailing from. And then, you know, just asking them to have, a chat together and a snack together. Yes. So there are, um, and I think also, I mean, I will share with you just in a moment, something called the connection loop. And I think we'll give a better answer to the question. <laughs> okay, brilliant. We're, we're going. So plan, partner, prepare, play, play. And play can be everything from like with very small children, peekaboo, uh, which, you know, covering over the camera. And then when you come back on camera, having funny glasses on, uh, to playing. And, and we sometimes prepare the kids with, would you rather questions? I mean, would you rather questions never get old? Oh my word. Yes. Yes. And so for traveling parents, you know, I mean, you can, uh, my, my husband does this all the time with the kids, the, would you rather questions? And before we chat with family, uh, we would prepare them with some questions that they might want to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, to whoever we're going to be talking to, because I see that is something that I want to teach my kids as well, uh, to be engaging in the conversation. And so now they just automatically um, sometimes come up with the absolute grossest, I don't know if grossest is a word, but if it is, uh, the would you rather questions kind of take a turn, um, but play can be, you know, like a tongue twister competition, you know, telling jokes. I mean, again, there are so many games that lend themselves well, uh, but also a willingness to be playful, a willingness to be a little bit silly, especially with younger grandchildren. And I think a willingness to step outside of your own comfort zone sometimes. So, you know, it's okay to say to a child that you've never really asked a deep, meaningful question to like a teenager, for example, you know, is that I've just really been like, I've been thinking about, you know, X topic, uh, read an article about X topic. So maybe, you know, that your grandchild is a vegan, for example, you know, you find this really great article, you send it to them, right? Like write a few questions in the margins about it. Uh, you can send to a 12 year old, a would you rather question or ask them what their favorite is. Like favorites are, you know, from a very young age, if you hold up like a banana and an apple and ask a child in a video call, you know, what would they rather eat or what's their favorite? You know, they'll tell you like, draw a little face on the banana my child won't eat a banana now without a face on it because we talk about how that banana feels. Uh, but of course, for older grandchildren, 
you know, just randomly send them a text and ask them a funny, would you rather, or kind of a deeper, like if you Google conversation starters for teenage children, uh, you know, there are tons, try them out. And, and, and again, if you don't get much back, sometimes teens don't text back, um, you know, kind of, I, I say like, just kind of keep trying. We need grandparents to keep trying. Uh, yes, yes. And we have a teenager at home and humor is the way to go because um, otherwise it just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it just it... humor connects because... Uh, he 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 gets he 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 kind of kind of smirks and walks off, but at least a connection has been made. <laughs> yes, I know, and I guess the other thing is that developmentally, we always have to remember that you know the kind of tween teenage years, it's developmentally so natural for them to be turning more towards their friends. It's a good thing, yeah. right? That they like that's a, a developmental stage. Is yeah. being able to kind of create this independence amongst their own friendship group. So I think of play as being something that, you know, we all still need to do. We yeah. all need to kind of, kind of reach and think about the playful part of ourself um, totally. in any of the relationships that we have. So yeah. And, the, I, and I like also maybe thinking of non-tech ways of using play in the connection, you know, uh, not necessarily on, on, um, <clears throat> just on zoom or on on text but like I've been looking for a game to play with my husband when he's away something that's not necessarily tech uh, tech involved but something that would be a long ongoing game yeah. um to play so I don't know that's still out there I'm, I'm kind of I think I think long distance couples there's lots of ideas on dating ideas and things like that a few like card game like question games you can ask each other but I think there's still something there that for, for fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think traveling or not, like even, I think that it's an interesting opportunity to, because when you're home together, of yes. course, it's just kids and it's all the things, right. Um, but, you know, you can play even Scrabble together from a distance or, you know, some of the word games that are out there. Uh, if that's kind of, I don't know, my husband and I used to play Scrabble before we had kids and I cannot remember the last time. Yes. <laughs> the yes. last time that we actually played a board game, but except if it was kind of a, you know, a children's game. There's a National Institute of Play, I think, in the US. And there's all sorts of research on how play is just so important in our life and we just forget to do it. (laughs) Yeah, play play and humor. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone come in and talk to my members about using humor to connect with grandchildren and how important humor is for nurturing connection. And I mean, that's why we play. That's why. And again, if they were with you, you know, you would play, right? You would do something together that incorporated play. And I think, you know, you can do online quizzes together. I mean, if you do pull up Zoom, there are tons of quiz websites. And my son who's seven loves these now, you know, and you do, you know, you can share your screen, you can do it together on a Zoom call and set that up. But again, that's where the plan and the like preparation comes in. And what what I will say is that I think one of the most important parts of the pillar is the final one, uh, which is to preserve. And, you know, we have, and like I said, they all very much overlap, but this one is close to my heart because I think about how many more pictures I would really like to have of myself with my own grandparents. I think that especially now, and perhaps some of the listeners can relate to this is that when you bring your children to visit grandparents or vice versa, 
they're just constantly taking pictures of the kids. But what the kids will want to see one day are pictures of themselves with their grandparents. So it is about getting into the photos and, you know, doing funny face selfies together. I think that, you know, taking, I mean, your virtual moments together are your moments. And so take screenshots. I've got tons of screenshots of the boys with the funny, you know, Facebook filters with daddy, uh, lots of giggles because those are their moments together. And we want to make sure that we preserve those. That is so, so true for the grandparents and also for the traveling partner. So, so true. And I, I remember as well, someone I interviewed, she said her husband traveled oh, so much. She said she realized her kids didn't know her husband like she did because he traveled all, all their lives. So he ended up making an album and of his favorite places, his, you know, all his favorite stuff and, and an album about his life and everything. And then when he came home, he would, they would spend time like looking at the album and he would tell the, the kids about that, his life. And I thought that's so true. I mean, even for grandparents, we know our, we know our parents and we know, you know, the in-laws, but our kids haven't got that history with them. So giving them photos that they can then ask questions about of places that the grandparents know that can be a great um conversation starter too well I think it's also that you can use those photos in your connection and so earlier I mentioned something called the connection loop right and this is you know this is a great example of how to use the connection loop because Mm -hmm. when you are away from a family member, you have kind of three main modes of interacting with them. And so that will be your in-person visits. Uh, So you just mentioned the dad who was doing things during the in-person visit. Uh, You have virtual connections. So whether that's video chatting, sending videos to one another, texting, emailing, uh, whatever that is, and then you have snail mail. And, you know, whenever possible, you want to try and link those three things together. And so you can imagine that if you were together, and you took a series of funny face selfies with either your child or with a grandchild, then turn it into a postcard. And so of course there are, and send that and describe the moment that you shared together. Uh, You know, you can also just take a photo of a selfie of yourself somewhere out where you're either working or as a grandparent living your favorite hiking trail, uh, whatever, you know, whatever that might be the walk with the dog in the morning, Uh, take a picture of yourself, a selfie, and, you know, send that as a postcard. And you can, you know, you can do a homemade postcard, just put a, you know, use part of your cereal box (laughs) to back it. (laughs) You can kind of get really easy ways to laminate things these days. And then, of course, there are also applications that can help you uh, to send postcards on a regular basis uh, to children from a distance. And so, you know, if you are having an in-person visit, Another example of a connection loop would be tuck something under their mattress before you leave. And so that might be an envelope that says, open this, you know, when we chat, uh, and it, it could have a few little crafty things. Like if your grandchild likes to craft, it could just be a loving note from mom or dad, you know, saying that they wrote this before they left, knowing how much they were going to miss you. Uh, think about you, you know, when we talk, let's talk about these three questions, you know, whatever that might be, you can tuck little post-it notes into their books. And this is for, you know, if a teenager is reading a chapter book, then just get us, you know, get some sticky notes, even doodle funny pictures in there. Love dad. (laughs) Uh, Or for a grandparent, just like Nana loves you. 
and you know I'd love to hear about the red truck on page five call me and so you're kind of instigating like a video chat as well so I think that there are a number of ways like if you're going to take the time to send something in the mail try and make it something that results in a video chat Right. So, like I said, whether it's a small game, I mean, you can send a Hot Wheels car, you know, they cost a dollar. <laughs> uh, and, you know, again, take a little video of yourself before you put something in the mail, you know, take a picture of the parcel and say that, you know, grandma's putting this in the mail right now. Call me because I want to play together and make sure you have a Hot Wheels car so that you can play that together on a video chat. So there are just a number of ways that you can connect these three different ways of interacting uh, with children. And certainly grandparents uh, in the membership have had huge success in doing those kinds of things in terms of nurturing that connection and creating some excitement around a video call so that it's not like, oh, we have to talk to someone again on a video chat. Uh, and it's also important just to send the kind of one-way mail too, right? That has no expectation in it. Uh, I think it's right. It's important to send things without necessarily the expectation that you will get a video call out of it. Uh, but it's important, I think, to be in their in like in their mailbox once a month if you can. Yes, yes. I think it's about being emotionally present. You're fi- you're physically absent, but you're emotionally present, and and that comes with the us talking about them, with you know them being in the mailbox. Um, with just them showing up in different areas of, of life without necessarily being present. And I think I think it's powerful. And I think it gives hope as well that being distance, that distance doesn't mean a disconnect or uh, that there can't be a relationship there. And I think that that's huge. There is certainly, you know, I think the reality is that, you know, geographic proximity is is a risk to not having a close relationship. And that I think, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of recent research about it um, because I think that with technology, this will change. And I'm talking specifically about grandparents and uh, grandchildren, but that you, you know, you have to put in some extra work. You know, it is definitely distance does not have to mean distant, uh, but I do hear from a lot of grandparents who feel distant from their grandchildren because they're at a distance. And so we talk about how to bridge that distance, how to work a little bit harder. You can't, you know, you can't really just be sitting and waiting for them to connect with you, give them a reason to connect with you. And I think also, like you said, showing, you know, if you're going to video chat with them, have pictures of them in the background uh, so that they can see that they are part of your life as well. Right. So you can have like your grand wall of fame, uh, behind you and you know you can do all a number of different games with that as well but I think it's just important to you know if they send you a piece of art you know let them know it's on their fridge it's taking pride of place somewhere and there are many ways to signal to family at a distance that we're connected we know each other right? we're part of and belong to, to a common family unit here it is so beautiful there are so many connections so between you know being the in the distance relationship with grandparents and the distance relationship with a traveling parent or a parent who's living in a different country um so i'm excited about the grandparent part because it's so useful um and um i hope listeners share it with the grandparents in their lives there are also so many parallels with a with a traveling parent or a parent who's away so many of these things like having the kids 
pictures in the background or you know showing to them that they're that they're important or or taking a picture when you've received something from them that kind of thing oh it's interesting I was listening to a photojournalist who is a war journalist and she's gone a lot of time a, a, a lot of um a lot of the time and she was saying that she doesn't call her kids because it's it's um doing them a disservice because they, they they get confused and then upset because their mom is, is gone and then they kind of what would you say to that well I suppose it depends on their ages you know again we talked about how you have to meet kids where they're at uh, mm-hmm. but there is some um, great research that's just been done lately around very young children um, and so kind of under two that if they are put onto a video chat with an adult over a period of time that when they are put into a room with a bunch of other adults and that adult that they video chatted with is present in the room, they prefer to go to them. And so there is a, you know, a body of research that's definitely encouraging uh, video chatting with kids and to be able to nurture those relationships. I think that any family, you know, you have to do what works right? What works for you and that kids will, our little humans that we are raising (laughs) have sensitivities that we only understand, uh, you know, as parents. And so we've got to definitely take that into consideration when we're staying connected. And so, you know, for her, there might be other ways to connect uh, with the children that, that she feels that are, you know, less disruptive or less even traumatizing for them. Um, But I think that getting them used to, especially if this is a lifelong you know, way that the family is going to operate that I actually suggest that, I mean, I've heard from grandparents who are about to become grandparents and I talk about being prepared for that distance and having that distance relationship. And that is getting the apps downloaded or having that kind of, you know, weekly connection with the parents um, and setting some things in place. Because I think that if, you know, if you don't start when they're younger, uh, it's harder to pick up, not impossible, um, but the, it's a kind of lifestyle that you're creating as a family. And so, you know, that we talk to mom every Sunday evening, you know, share our day or have a silly moment or, you know, whatever that looks like so that you keep it kind of light uh, and playful and kind of go from there. Yeah. And I think also, you know, if they're missing their parent or their grandparents, it's okay for them to say that they're missing them. I mean, I remember, you know, leaving grandparents and then the kids sobbing you know they're so sad to leave and I'm sobbing you know (laughs) so we're all like crying all in the car because you know we're sad to leave so it's it's okay to be missing people I think and and that's okay it's not by not talking on a video that that you're going to make them miss you less or you know, I think it's, it's it's maybe even more important to have the connection and to acknowledge that it's sad to be apart. And, and yeah, that there's grief. So we had an expert, a children's grief expert come in and talk to us in the membership because the reality is that children experience grief when they have to leave family, uh, whether that's parents or grandparents. My son broke out into tears uh, this past summer, just sobbing when we were leaving grandpa. And I realized that I had not prepared him enough to say goodbye you know, yeah. he thought it's going to be like six months or a year before he'll see grandpa again, but we're home now. Things look a little bit different. And I think it's something that we need, you know, grieving is something that we are still learning so much about 
and teaching one another about, and it's something to teach kids as well, that they're having emotions around this is, is healthy. Of yeah. course you feel sad that mom's gone. Of course you feel sad that you're not going to get to see grandpa. You know, I'm sad too. have a good cry about it. Let the emotions out. It's, it's quite healthy. I think. Yeah. And then let's have a plan in place. <laughs> Yes, let's have a plan in place. And also spontaneity. I talk about surprise yeah. and delight, you know, because I think that I talk a lot about planning or creating connection habits, but also, you know, we know that kids remember moments better if, there, if there's a surprise component to it. Yeah. Uh, so never be afraid to kind of surprise the kids with something uh, as well. Oh, this is mixing it all up. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing from all your research, all your experience, you know, all the conversations and the interviews you've had. So thank you so much. This was really, really precious and very, very useful. Is there anything you'd like to add? And then can you share where people can find you? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I'm really focused on lately is just amplifying the kind of awareness about the importance of the relationship between grandparents and grandchildren for a number of reasons, uh, that it's not, it's not a nice to have, that it's quite critical for our kids and can do a lot of good for our children developmentally, self-esteem, all of the things. So, uh, you know, I often see these viral videos of, you know, grandparents and grandchildren. We all saw the ones where they got to hug after a year, finally, and those are, those are wonderful and beautiful. And I do the same, I share them widely and cry, <laughs> but I think we have to remember that behind that moment is a grandparent and very likely a parent who prioritized that relationship, you know, put the time and effort into it and that the sweet moments are great, but that it's, it's not a fluffy, it's not just a fluffy and sweet relationship. It's something that can really impact our kids and they need, I think their grandparents now more than ever. Thank you. Thank you. You can find me at the long distance grandparent.com. So distance, not distant, not the distant. long, <laughs> yeah, the long distance grandparent.com. Uh, I have a, a lot of different blogs on connecting various topics, inspiration and ideas for staying connected. I send out a weekly email with those kinds of tips. And then you can find out more about the membership at that website as well. Fantastic. And I usually at the end of the podcast episode, ask my guest for a favorite a resource in parenting or wellness, personal wellness. Do you have something you can share? Oh my goodness, so many! But uh, I'll. <laughs> I, I'm a, I, I'm googling things a hundred times a day about. I know, parents. right? I don't. I don't know how they did it before the internet, <laughs> but you know what? So a couple of things. Uh, we really try and aren't always successful at it, but we've kind of tried to be peaceful parents. And so uh, Sarah Rosen Sweet has a beautiful uh, website and, and she's a wonderful resource for peaceful parenting and uh, you can find her on Instagram even just the things that she shares on her website um, the second one would be a nutritionist I don't know I feel really I didn't want to face the kind of picky eating situation with my kids and when you're trying to feed your kids and dad's gone away like I I don't know I just wanted them also to be kind of adventurous eaters uh, and so I follow Danielle Benz uh, daniellebins.com and I'm part of her membership it's called raising adventurous eaters and I my children consequently I would say are pretty good uh pretty good eaters we still get the yuck and you know <laughs> the, the faces at at dinner but yeah you know there are a lot of different apps that you can use to stay connected as well uh, I oftentimes will review those on my blog but uh, a new one that I'm just trying out is called Pika Bond 
Okay. And it's, you know, I, I like it because it is asynchronous video. So it's much, so let's say like Marco Polo uh, yeah. is the favorite one for us. Uh, but in Peekabond, they also provide uh, tips for kind of what to video your grandchild. And so they'll, they give these little play cards um, that say, try sending a video like this. And so I'm definitely uh, keeping an eye on that company because I think it's a, I, I don't know, I, I like what they're doing. And so I would- Typically for grandparents or? It can be for anyone from a distance. So this would work for traveling parents, 100%. And it's a, nice. it's a free app that you just, you can download on the Apple store, Pika Bond. And we just collaborated on writing a couple of things together uh, because we've been connected through a shared mission. Uh, yeah. The founder is a long distance auntie. Okay, there you go. You know, they, they actually have a play scientist who works on, on the app. And so, listen, I, I could give you a resource a minute here, Rhoda, but I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, leave it at that. <laughs> everything. Thank you so, so much for everything you shared. Really, really, really useful. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me.